Welcome to episode 5 of the Church Times Poetry Podcast for Lent, in association with Canterbury Press. This week, Mark Oakley reflects on the poem Prayer by Zafar Kunial. The poem is included in his collection Us, published by Faber and Faber in 2018. This is the final of Mark's Lent podcasts. The series will continue in Holy Week, when Malcolm Geitz will reflect on a series of sonnets. Canon Mark Oakley is the Dean of St John's College, Cambridge. His book, The Splash of Words, published by Canterbury Press, won the 2019 Michael Ramsey Prize for Theological Writing. If you don't yet subscribe to The Church Times, try 10 issues for £10. Visit churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Prayer by Zafar Kuniel First heard words, delivered to this right ear, Allahu Akbar, God is great, by my father in the Queen Elizabeth maternity ward, God's breath in man returning to his birth, says Herbert, is prayer. If I continued his lines from there, from birth, a break Herbert chimes with heaven and earth, I'd keep in thought my mum on a Hereford hospital bed and say what prayer couldn't end. I'd say I made an animal noise, hurled languages hurt at midday when word had come. Cancer, now so spread by midnight her rings were off. I stayed on, at her bed. Earlier, time and rhythm flatlining, I whispered, thank you. I love you. Thank you. Mouth at her ear. She stared on ahead. I won't know if she heard. Oi, you, tell us where you're from. In his poem, Us, this line is thrown at Zafar Kunial by someone in his native Birmingham. It's a question that haunts much of Kunial's work. His father was born in Kashmir and his mother in the Midlands. He has ancestral roots in Orkney and today lives in Yorkshire. He worked as poet-in-residence at the Wordsworth Trust and in another of his poems, Empty Words, he nicely rhymes Grasmere with Kashmir, himself embodying such a fusion of roots and traditions, making him intimate with estrangement and disorientation, with half-connections and exchanges. One of the things people always mention when they write about Kunial is that he worked for Hallmark Cards. The point they're making is, I think, that a man who may have spent his days writing cheesy greetings for cheap cards is also the person who has such a sensitive but questioning reverence for and skill with language. I'm struck, he says, by the meaninglessness of words, how slippery they are, and yet I also want to believe in them. I'm left stranded between the two, he says. Kunil's poems are so often first-person accounts of personal experience. They take their poetic life frequently consoled with wry humour in the middle ground of this dichotomy 
between the redemptions and the deceits of language. He interrogates the mysteries of words before he commits to them, stands before them as it were, before using them. Writing poetry like life itself is the patient, frustrating business of trying to get things right when everything is wrong. His poem, The Word, is a good example. I couldn't tell you now what possessed me to shut summer out and stay in my room, or at least attempt to, in bed mostly. It's my dad, standing in the door frame, not entering, but pausing to shape advice that keeps coming back. Whatever is matter must enjoy the life. He pronounced this twice, and me, I heard wrongness in putting a the before life. In two minds, ashamed, aware, that I knew better, though was stuck inside while the sun was out, that I'm native here in a halfway house, like that sticking word, that definite article, half right, half wrong, still present between enjoy and life. Cunil's poem Prayer has the same title of a poem by the priest and poet George Herbert, and it has an internal conversation with Herbert's elusive sonnet of metaphors. Here it is. Prayer, the church's banquet, angel's age, God's breath in man returning to his birth, the soul in paraphrase, heart in pilgrimage, the Christian plummet sounding heaven and earth, engine against the Almighty, sinner's tower, reversed thunder, Christ's side-piercing spear, the six days' world transposing in an hour, a kind of tune which all things hear and fear, softness and peace and joy and love and bliss, exalted manner, gladness of the best, heaven in ordinary, man well-dressed, the milky way, the bird of paradise, church bells beyond the stars heard, the soul's blood, the land of spices, something understood. Herbert's poem is technically called a systrophe, in which lots of descriptions of something are piled on top of each other without giving any conclusive or explicit definition. It has no main verb, perhaps suggesting the timeless relationship of prayer, and so becomes what the poet Louis McNeese called a breathless accumulation of metaphorical images as it tries to capture something of the inner landscape of the thing we call prayer. Herbert's line, God's breath in man returning to his birth, is quoted in full by Cunial and lies at the heart of his own poem. He points us to the fact that birth rhymes with heaven and earth. The beginning of the poem begins with the beginning of life. That birth that does indeed feel tinged with heaven, God-given, a mystery, a beautiful gift. As his father prays the Islamic takbir, so the words God is great are brought into the poem. 
as well as Queen Elizabeth, and the mention of Herbert himself, the man of piety and metaphysical wisdom. The first verse is full of faith and majesty and gratitude as a new human being comes into existence. The poem's internal echoes, half rhymes of heard and hurled, ear and prayer, thought and hurt, add to the promise of richness and possibility. The next stanza, however, is full of raw reality. The words break, mum, hospital, animal noise and hurt bring us down to earth, and we're wondering now whether such an earth does in fact rhyme with birth. Is there anything hopeful, fresh or miraculous in what is happening to his mum as she dies on a bed in a Hereford hospital? Is death the opposite of birth, or is it another sort of birth, equally as sacred and incomprehensible as our arrival? That question hovers in the air as we note that there is a circularity in the poem's form. It links birth and death as inseparable, part of a whole. Just as his geographical ancestry places him in more than one place at once, so does this death. He's living the exchange of intuitions we have as to whether life on earth is all we get, to enjoy or endure, or whether words such as eternal, immortal, God, are also signposts of an often missed truth. Words are whispered in his baby ear by his father and then in his mum's ear by him at the start and end of the poem. Also, the word heard begins and ends the poem. The beauty of life is heard in this poem, but are the prayers that emerge out of its fragility and pain heard by anyone, by God? And before she dies, has his mother heard the words that matter most? Thank you, I love you, thank you. For all our stores of knowledge and ingenuity, there are questions whose answers remain unknown in life. Our approach to them can distill us or destroy us. The poet John Keats referred to negative capability, which he saw in Shakespeare. That is the ability we can have to hold doubts and mysteries without resolving them, resisting the impatience for quick clarity in order to deepen and learn from them. This is a defining characteristic of Cunial's work and certainly one of its attractions. The natural reticence mixed with the quiet strength of not grasping to a single view is for me very aligned to the sensibilities of a religious faith. The word cancer sits alone in the poem, hard and short with a quick full stop. It does its work and by midnight her rings were off. At a death, jewellery is removed from a person by the nurses and by referring to her rings we are made to think perhaps of a wedding ring, that symbol of eternal love placed on a hand and in a Christian wedding, with the words, Till death us do part. In an almost playful contrast with the rings were off, Cunial says, I stayed on. He can't be removed from his mother so easily. His love is in the right place. Cunial says that it is as time and rhythm of flatlining that he whispers his thanks. 
Flatlining is what the heart does as it gets weaker and weaker, the final flat line on the cardiograph machine informing us of a unique life now ended. You feel that as his mum's heart weakens, his own is full to bursting with love, chaotic emotion, gratitude, that needs to reach his mum's ears with an intimate urgency, mouth at her ear. Here we feel in both their last breaths of togetherness the distance that dying begins to forge between them. The last line of the poem is again full of mixed resonance. Cunial's mother stared on, ahead, which in one way implies she's sedated or lying comatose without her usual senses. In the context of these questions as to whether death is a form of birth, though, it might sound as if his mother is looking ahead at the journey before her alert to some path or hope that her son is not aware of. Indeed, is he the unconscious one at this point? Poetry is the clear expression of mixed feelings, argued Auden, and a way of negotiating connections between the familiar and the unknown. Cuniel's work is exactly this. In one of his poems he writes, When it comes to us, colour me unsure. What is clear, however, is that his voice at the end is loving, humane, still and purposeful. Maybe that is what a true prayer is. And whatever prayer is at the end of the day, and Herbert works very hard to fathom it as well, it's a relationship, an honest mixture of tender and tentative, such as there is with a man speaking a language of love to the one who gave him life. The epigraph of Cunial's collection, Us, is by Khalil Gibran. Half of what I say is meaningless, but I say it so that the other half may reach you. The soft but assured tone of Cunial's poems are offered in the same spirit. He dissects the tools of his art, words, with a seeming reluctance to draw attention to himself. His candour about his internal monologues, failures to be sure, and inability to capture the essence of things, all this makes him inclusive and entirely recognisable. He writes, There are many dictionaries for the tongue I speak. It's the close-by things I'm lost to say. Things as pulsed and present as the back of this hand. Never mind stumbling towards some higher plane. And either way, even at the rare moments I get towards, or thank God, even getting to, my point, I can't put into words where I've arrived. It's sometimes said that certainty, not doubt, is the opposite of faith. If that's true, then perhaps this poem is open and faithful in its loss and confusion in its questions and in its intimations of depths beneath the surface. If the rumour of heaven is true as I suspect it is, I think Cunial and Herbert will enjoy their embrace. Mm-hmm.